two weeks ago that I was looking forward to you calling in the following Tuesday uh, because we finally can receive calls now. But I completely forgot that the last Tuesday was a Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. So I was not able to be there on Tuesday in person. And I asked the studio to rerun last year's show that I did just before Rosh Hashanah. In that clip I re uh, or recording, I spoke about the meaning of the holiday and why it lasted 10 days. During that show, I also spoke about the four revolutions, the English in 1950, uh, in 1650, the American in 1776, the French in 1789, uh, and the Russian in 1917. And I shared my ideas of how those revolutions shaped the modern world and their relation to the Bible. Today, uh, we have our show alive, uh, so uh, you can call in. Uh, I did not prepare a, a particular subject to discuss, but I, of course I will talk about something if and only if there are no callers. So I hope there will be calls and, and the, as you know, this is my priority. I will be happy uh, to answer the calls, to discuss whatever issues you would like me to discuss regarding health and wellness. Uh, I will let listen to your comments, listen to the subjects you want me to address. So I'm reminding you, you can call at 888-874-4888. 888-874-4888. And if you cannot call today, you can write to me. Uh, my email address is drpeterresnik at gmail.com. D-R-P-E-T-E-R. R-E-Z-N as Nancy I-K at gmail.com. <laughs> Next week, I will have to pre-record the show again. I'm sorry. It will not be live, not because of the studio now, because there will be yet another holiday on Tuesday called Sukkot. Yes, September, October are two months of a lot of holidays for me. No wonder the ancient Romans called us the lazy nation. We have twice as many holidays, if not more, than other any group. And yet we are okay. Uh, in fact, uh, in Israel, for example, which is one of the most secular countries in the world, there are 11, and it's known fact, 11 biggest shopping malls. Ten of them are owned by non-religious people, and they are open on Shabbat, on Saturday. Only one of them is owned by a religious person. And the mall, you know, has all the stores, uh, all the Gucci, Shmucci, um, uh, what is it, Banana Republic in, in Israeli companies and so on. And guess what? This shopping mall that is closed on Saturday is the most successful of them all, makes more money than any other. By the way, uh, in the beginning of the, uh, the, like 
today, our biggest day of the year, um, we, we look at our life that we lived the last year and we ask for atonement. It's a day of atonement. We believe that in these 24 hours, it is sealed who will live and who will die, who will be healthy and who will be sick, who will prosper and who will not during the coming year. It's also called uh, the day of dread. And, and there is a story actually uh, regarding this day. Once on Yom, on Yom Kippur, uh, the, when everyone was grim and tense, uh, people saw their aging rabbi smiling, singing to himself, skipping as he walked. They thought the man could follow go cuckoo, losing his mind, was losing his mind. So one of the students approached the rabbi and said, Rabbi, do you know what day is today? And the man answered, yes, of course, it's Yom Kippur, the day of judgment. And the student asked, so are you not afraid? And the rabbi smiled and said, I have a secret. And the student said, what's the secret? And the rabbi said, the judge is my father. So the idea, ladies and gentlemen, is that on this day, anybody can jump the train. Oh, I have a caller. Whoa, that's very nice. Let me see uh, if, uh, yes, I'm taking calls. I will take the call of Gina. Hello, Gina. Good afternoon, Dr. Wesnick. So I nice to hear from you. <laughs> now I'm looking forward to you calling every time. Oh, thank you. But I intended to uh, text you last week, but week was so busy I didn't get to. So I, I have compelled to call you today. Last yes. week, when you, I, I let me let me say something before I have to spit it out. I, I am a little, I'm, I'm a little. Uh, this is disheartened when I heard that you when you said that in a few months that you would probably end the show. For me, it would be a big loss. After Gary knows, you are number two. Oh, that's so nice of you to say. Thank you. I did not say that I will be ending Gina. I did not say I will be ending the show. I look forward to hearing you every week. And it gives me a... It does something for me inside out. And it makes my life better. And the sound of your voice and your reasoning and... I learned so much. It's just very, it, it just gives me a, a reason to go on during the day. You know, it just pops me up. It's just, uh, it, Gina, it's, it's so, you're so, so different nice from all the other radio programs, you know. And um, I, I really hope that you, that, uh, you know, that that's not going to be true because I think during the winter months, I'm being selfish when I say this. We're going to need you more than ever because of the, you know, especially in the Northeast of Dungeons. Thank you so much, Gina. If, if I were talking only to you, it's it's worth it for me to do this show, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so, I, thank I, you. I did not I mean to say that. I'm sorry. The show with your, that's the show with your nephew is very awesome. I, I love you. You moved in to give me a deeper insight to the reason why I'm here on this earth. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, by the way, since I didn't intend to do that, 
but I, since you mentioned my nephew, I wanted to share something. He and I did here on PRN four, four shows in a row talking about the Ten Commandments. And then a number of many, many people send us um, emails, called us, and said that they really enjoyed these four shows and were able, you know, four hours talking about just Ten Commandments, and it's like just one paragraph in the Bible. So, and they were saying it would be so nice if you would do something together. And so Vlad and I mm -hmm. decided to indeed to do something. We'll not do it on PRN, we'll do it uh, on YouTube, and it will be called, uh, it will oh. be a show for one hour every week. We'll mm. start in the middle of October. It will be taking one Porsche, one uh, chapter of the Bible and talking about it, like doing in interpretation the way we understand it. We both come from very different perspective. I am coming from more mm. scholarly perspective. He is coming more from intuitive perspective. And that's what we'll mm -hmm. be doing. We'll try. The show will be called <laughs> the strange name, Peter and the Wolf. You know the story, Peter yes. and the Wolf, right? <laughs> yes. So, and the reason it's called Peter and the Wolf because Vladimir, his his Hebrew name is uh, Zev, which means wolf. So, and I'm wow. Peter. So, not to make it too serious, we made it titled uh, Peter and the Wolf. And so we'll be discussing conversations about the Bible. So yeah. by the 18th of October, look up uh, mm -hmm. on YouTube and it will be like an hour or whatever, an hour and a half uh, discussion. But Jim, I wanted to thank you really for this wonderful call. It makes me feel really good and I'm grateful to you. It's a selfish reason because it, it gives me such pleasure and, 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 you know, it just, it resonates with me. So I said I was compelled to call. <laughs> I said, but did thank, you say his, you his name is Zeph? Did you say yeah. his name Zeph means wolf? Uh-huh. Uh, I, 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 I'm very much uh, into names, so I, was, I wanted to understand it. But I'm not connected on the internet. I don't have any of that uh, crutchemines or whatever you want to call it. The only way I can hear you is through my, my cell phone and progressive radio. So I would hope maybe once a month, maybe once a month, you, you and him, you and he and you, or you and he could do a, a show on, on the progressive radio. That would be that would be good also. Mm, possibly. Maybe, I, maybe we'll be able just to take, this will be a video. But maybe we'll be able to give it to Progressive Radio, and they can, and they can air it. That it's a good idea, Gina. Thank you again. <laughs> you are great. Yeah. You are godsend. It, Thank you. It all, comes, it all comes from me being being wanting to hear it because I, I have. That's the only venue I have to hear you is on Progressive Radio. Thank you. Thank so, you. Thank you, Gina. Okay. Thank you for calling. But please, please, please bear with us. I believe there's so many people that are benefiting from your from you and, you know, your philosophy and yeah. way of yeah. life and thinking. Well, I have something and to I share with you now. So now here's what I have to say, Gina, uh, mm -hmm. about, I started saying that on this particular day, uh, according to tradition, decision may is made who will be 
living, who will not be living. But the interesting thing that happened in the last literally maybe 15, 20 years in, in physics, and remember, I am not a scientist, I am not a physicist, I'm just re re repeating what I learned from theoretical mm -hmm. physics. Uh, lately, f theoretical physicists are suggesting the idea of our universe not being the only universe, but the idea of multiverse, that there are infinite amount of universes. Meaning, for example, you, Gina, I, I live in my universe, you live in universe, your universe, and everybody has a universe. And like the way I am today, let's say, and I'm planning, for example, in, uh, I am planning to go and uh, meet a friend uh, at, at four o'clock, at six o'clock in the evening, right? And that would be my universe. But let's say I make a decision and I decide not to go to this meeting. My whole life will unfold in different way. Mm -hmm. Because not meeting this friend possibly will not permit me to hear some story that would, would allow me to go on internet and read up on it and because of that to write some, and so on and so on and so on. So the whole life is unfolding in a different way. Why I am mentioning this? Because, and, and this it's really important that you understand, they're saying that all these multi-billions, trillions of universes somehow intersect on one particular day of earthly mm -hmm. time. That's all mm -hmm. they're saying. But remember, 3,380 years ago, the Bible is saying, yes, on one particular day, and which we call Yom Kippur, you can move from one place to another, basically from one universe to another. So, and what, what we're encouraged to do, for example, a person uh, repents. Let's say a person was doing some business and was doing something dishonest. And so on Yom Kippur, he comes and, and say, repents and says, I will never do it again. Please forgive me. At that moment, the and the decision was already made on Rosh Hashanah 10 days before that it's time for him, I don't know, to lose his business or to die. The decision was made. But we say on Yom Kippur, it's sealed. And let's say he repents, he cries, and the decision is annulled. So he is not, he changes his mind, since if it's sincere in the heart, he changes his mind and he jumps the train, he jumps into a different universe. Even though it was already decided that he will break a leg or die or whatever it was decided, suddenly, because of repentance, he moves into a different life story. And his life unfolds, unfolds differently. That's the idea. So I encourage people, all people from any tradition, you know, you know, you have nothing to lose. Maybe it's true. If it's a tradition of 3,380 years saying it, why don't you give it a shot? Tonight, tonight is the, the night. You, you speak to God in any way you can speak. In whatever tradition you belong to, there is still, if people believe in uh, uh, consciousness or higher, higher spirit, higher uh, um, 
being, uh, the infinite, whatever they believe, is to say, here is my life, here are the things that I've done so far, and I beg you to, to change it and tell how you want it to be changed and say what you want it to be changed for. This morning I spoke to a, a guy, retired cop, uh, who has stage four lung cancer. He mm. has, what a wonderful guy. He has children and grandchildren. And I was telling him exactly this. I say, scream at God, argue with God. Say, listen, you told us, you have to ask, you have to argue. I am telling you, it's, my illness is affecting not only me, but my children and grandchildren. So in their name and in my name, in the, in, in the name of everything I achieved and my ancestors achieved, please change the verdict. I want to be healthy. And I believe that he will make a shift. All other things are necessary. It's necessary to do what doctors suggest to do. Uh, but, but appealing to that higher consciousness we call God is super important particularly on one day when when all these universes are crossing. So that's what mm -hmm. I wanted to say regarding mm -hmm. uh, this day. That's anyway, uh, uh, thank you very much, uh, Gina, for, for calling mm -hmm. again. I'm looking forward to you calling again and again, because now, you know, honestly, I, I, I really mean it that if you, I find you, that you are the one for whom I'm doing the show, it's worth it for me. In particular, yeah, in like in Talmud, it's written, the one who saves... I was thinking when I heard that, my heart really was thinking. I was like, oh, goodness, this can't be happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So please, please, okay. Bear, please bear with us, you know, and you, I, you do... Um, you do more good than you even realize, probably. We, we are listening, even though we're not calling. Thank you. Thank you very much. But I now, reach out to I, you every time. I want to share with you guys something else. I was listening to the interview done by my friend, Dr. Robert Yoho. You may remember him. I interviewed him here on PRN several times. He is the author of the books Butchered by Medicine and Hormone Secrets. He has his own podcast. So on his podcast, Robert interviewed a gentleman by the name Chris Bray, who is a political activist and who wrote a couple of books on history. And I really got interested in an event, an event he mentioned during the interview. That event was in, happened in 1984. It's known as a walking strike. You see, the way it worked in those days was that the miners, you know, the people who mine coal, yeah? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm asking if you know, because I'm not doubting you, I'm doubting myself if I'm pronouncing mm -hmm. it correctly. So the miners would get a job on the mine once they're hired, they would buy lumber, they would build themselves simple houses. Uh, but then uh, if somebody, let's say, wanted to build a pub, because more and more little houses were built, uh, they would just build a pub 
the, uh, and sell liquor. And if somebody wanted to have a store, now a little town was formed, they would build a store. And that's how a little town around the mine would grow. So during the day, the workers were owned by the mine because that's where, you know, the officials were uh, giving orders and the workers had to comply. But after work, they would be free. They would go home and do whatever they wanted. They would be in their own houses and control their own lives. The Crippled Creek Miners, isn't it an interesting name, Cripple? It, probably that's why they called it crippled, because people were crippled. The Cripple Creek Miners uh, strike was a five-month strike by the Western Federation of Miners in Colorado, Cripple Creek. Uh, and the miners walked from one mine to another, inspired other workers, and everybody stopped working. The whole industry was suddenly paralyzed. And they demanded better wages and better safety measures, better safety conditions. Well, the owners of the mines got together and after a while came out with a very reconciliatory and generous offer. Basically, they said, we're so sorry. We were truly neglecting and mistreating you will do you justice. Not only will increase your wages, not only will improve the safety of the mines, but will build new housing for you. You work so hard, you deserve better living conditions. Sounds great, huh? So mm -hmm. the, strike, the strike was over. The leaders received more than they asked for. But indeed, the housing was built the housing was much better, solid houses. But now the houses belonged to who? To companies. And as mm. soon as the workers dismantled their own shaggy homes and moved into these wonderful new homes that were built for them, the companies built fences around the developments. Why not? It belonged to them. The, the developments belong to them. Then they put guards to protect the developments. And then they instituted a curfew. After certain hours, the gates would be locked. <laughs> so you better come on time. You would be sleeping on dirt if you didn't come on time. So what happened is though it looked very nice, in reality, these people gave up their freedom. And the reason this story had this impact on me, because I was thinking when I was listening to this podcast, God, that's how I was living in the Soviet Union. That's how, the, when I grow, grew up and I lived in the Soviet Union until the age of 27, and in Eastern Europe and Cuba and Venezuela and North Korea, that's how they give you, they say, we give you free medicine, which is on a very low level. They, they, we give you uh, different, uh, I don't even know, they, I don't remember much good. I remember, that, yes, they gave us very good education. 
and you went to university for free. So it looks attractive. But then one by one, they take away your freedoms. And a lot of things happening these days that mm-hmm. don't seem to me uh, very promising. America mm-hmm. has changed. That's what I wanted to say to my, my political commentary. So, mm-hmm. and, and now I would like to go a little bit in, in show and tell. I, I receive from different friends uh, little uh, postings. So I, I received this post poster with uh, Robin Williams, who was my really f- most favorite actor and comedian. He wrote, I used to think that the worst thing in life was to end up alone. It is not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people who make you feel alone. That mm-hmm. I think that's quite powerful. And we really... Mm-hmm. I think that we have to be very discriminant who we spend time mm-hmm. with. Because I, I find that, you know, and I talk to a lot of people, sometimes people have a family, have a so-called partner in life. Uh, <laughs> reminds me of something I heard. You know, you married a man of your dreams. And 15 <laughs> years later, you are married to a couch that burps. <laughs> So, <laughs> so hopefully you can develop relationships where, which are meaningful. Uh, and I get these emails about, about so many tragic lives and people are stuck in them. Like I actually prepared an email. I have permission to read the email. I don't have permission to give you, ladies and gentlemen, a name. Uh, the, the woman said, uh, I am terrified of death. I'm thinking about dying all the time, and I'm terrified because I did not live. And she goes on. It was a long email. I don't usually like to read long emails, but it was such a compelling story. I couldn't stop reading. And she, she tells a story that she, she was in love with a man who was married, and um, he said that he loved her and for years she was waiting till he gets a divorce. His wife at one point was sick and then his child was sick and so on and so on. And years passed and now she is by herself and he did get divorced finally. But then he said to her and they were lovers. And when he got divorced, he said now he needs time to for himself to decide what he wants to do with his life, which means it wasn't really love. Because if, mm-hmm. if she was his beloved, that's all he would want to do, to be with her after 10 years of being, of having uh, little, uh, little meetings, you know, sex here and there. But no, no, it's all about him. And so she, that it's interesting that she, she didn't start by saying that she, She's heartbroken, but she started by saying that she is afraid of death. And it reminds me of something that Dalai Lama once was asked, um, what, what surprises you about people? And Dalai Lama said, the way people live, people live as if they will never die. And when they're dying, 
they feel as if they never lived. Mm. And to apply it to this woman, you know, she lived that she would never die. She spent year after year waiting for something, hoping for something, and somebody else hopes for for making a lot of money, and then they will start living. Or somebody else hopes, when I finish college, and that's when, or I get my graduate degree, that's when I will start living. And time passes by. Mm-hmm. And she now she's terrified about dying. And from what I understand from her age, now she cannot have a child. It's or, or more than likely because of the age. She spent 10 years waiting for this man. And now he needs mm-hmm. time. He needs time for himself. So uh, I, my answer to you, uh, lady, is you, you have to take a risk and start living. Don't sit waiting for this guy. You need to heal your wounds. If he wants to come, he will come. But my, I'm afraid he will not. You need to live in the now. And it may be painful to recognize it. You didn't recognize till now. You need to find someone who will support you. It's very difficult to be uh, by yourself in this kind of situation. What makes us so needy? That's the question. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Gina, you're with me still. Oh, I was... I yeah. didn't know. Didn't what hang up. We didn't say goodbye. <laughs> I'll hang up now, right? Uh, no, no. I I want to hear. I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you are still with me. What do you think about this um, uh, this woman's story? For me, it's so tragic. Well, as a woman and a, a woman who divorced um, uh, at a, after ten years of marriage, because obviously. Uh, it was an abusive relationship, and I was, I was raising two sons, and I said to myself, "I'm not. They're not going to follow the same thing that your example and that you learned from your father." When I found out later in years that that's how it came, I feel that we, as, as a woman, mm-hmm. really don't live in fear. Do what your heart, what what in you, what aspirations you have follow your follow your aspirations and and try to make yourself strong not not so needy on someone else's um love yourself more than you love someone else then then you can share love oh good oh wow you, you, this this do not live in fear you know that i uh, there is a woman uh, who actually had cancer and she is a beautiful poet uh, and I, I memorized her words. Her name is Dana Markova, and she wrote, I will not die an unlived life. I will not live in fear of falling or catching fire. I choose mm-hmm. to inhabit my days, to allow my living to open me, to make me less afraid, make me accessible, to loosen my heart till it becomes a wing a torch, a promise. I choose to risk my significance, to live so that which comes to me as a seed goes to the next as blossom, and that which comes to me as blossom goes out as fruit. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that but that, that requires the risking and, and opening your heart to possibilities. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. Open up your heart chakra and and, and 
reach out to whoever, you, like you said, the higher power of spirit, and and trust in Him. To you, what you need, and then embrace it and and try to make it, you know, try to make it grow. Gina, but you know, my concern is what this is about is that I find that people feel very lonely. When, mm-hmm. when they need to make, some people have the courage and they make a leap and God bless them. But many people cannot do it because they are afraid uh, to be alone and, and to make a step and then to live with the consequences of the steps that they make. They need, fear, they need a friend. The fear paralyzes you. The fear to, 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 to reach out and to open up because of it, whatever has happened in their, in their childhood, they're afraid of being hurt or rejected or whatever. You know what I mean? It's very difficult. When I ha- The best thing to happen to me is having my children because I became, I call myself Mama Bear. Uh, and and I was there to protect them and and also to raise them to be the best that they could be in life and enjoy this and break have fun like you said you said be happy that 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 means so much to me be be happy enjoy your life you're here to to be me a copa me a copa enjoy your life Right, you know, you know, Gina, uh, you know that uh, uh, I I heard somewhere in the beginning, kind of, I didn't like the the saying, and then I understood what it meant no. really. It, it was happiness is a choice, and I first yeah. thought, what do you mean? So much garbage happens, so many bad things. But when you mm-hmm. think, just being alive, bad things are happening, but just being alive, celebrating aliveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not an aspirator gasping for air. Mm-hmm. And always find things to celebrate. And, and uh, I, I agree now, after spending a lot of time about thinking about it and, and thinking about my own life when I chose not to be happy, but, ch- but choosing to dwell on something that happened in the past, to be feel sorry for myself, that... I chose to drag myself into the mud. And also the times mm-hmm. when I chose, okay, that happened. Like Forrest Gump, remember, said, shit happens. You move on. Mm-hmm. And when you make that choice, you have new possibilities magically coming into your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank, I thank would you. say thank you. I, I, thank you very much. I want to let other people call. Somebody wants to call. Thank you so much for calling. Bye now. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, if anybody wants to call, you're welcome. Uh, meanwhile, let me let me talk. Uh, since, you know, it's hard for me now to just brush off or not to talk more about this woman who is definitely suffering. So what I would like to do is to share with you something because I don't know where this woman is in her life whether she can go for some kind of help or counseling, because she definitely needs support. But lately I've been working on something. Uh, Again, I will talk to you. Please uh, do feel free to call anytime. I will gladly put it aside. Once I start talking, it's called 
Dr. Peter Resnick's emergency kit. I, I've been working on it for a few weeks, and that was it came to me to work on it because because I spoke to somebody who said I'm not interested in, in therapy. Uh, he's kind of a friend of a friend, but said, "Do you have kind of written up something written up where I could go step by step and deal with with me being sad and and dissatisfied with my life?" But I don't want to go for therapy. And I started working on this emergency kit, and I came up with with uh, some 15 steps. So I want to share it with you. But whether I say, share with you today three, four steps out of 15 or 10, doesn't matter. I will share it with you the, the following uh, week. So you please call me anytime you want. So, oh God, I just remembered something else. <laughs> yes, next week we'll have a show on Tuesday at two o'clock. But I want to tell you, you will not be able to call. If you want to call now, please do. Because next week I will pre-record the show. Because yet there is another holiday, Sukkot. <laughs> and on Tuesday I will not be available. That will be the first day of Sukkot and we don't work. But on, I will record it. Uh, the show on Monday, so it would air on Tuesday. Uh, so one way or another, I will finish giving you uh, this. It may still need some work, but I, I really want to, to put it out there. So here is Dr. Peter Resnick's emergency kit. And it's for anybody who who is not feeling well, who is not feeling uh, emotionally, emotionally in the right place, whether it's anxiety or depression or feeling sad, going through grief, whatever it is. And you may find it useful, uh, you may find it not, but you don't lose anything if you go through these steps, particularly if you are really not in a good place at all. Uh, you may find it useful. You may It may distract your attention. That's already a benefit. Anyway, number one, step number one. To the best of your ability, describe your experience, what you're going through. Not the, de the de definition or your intellectual understanding of what is happening to you, but every single pain or anxiety or fear or disappointment, regret, remorse, grief, or loss that you experience mentally, emotionally, and physically. But it's very important that you write it down. Don't just think about it. Uh, you know, at some point, I, will, I, and I already did it once, spoke about it, but I, and I will repeat at one point why it's so important to write things down rather than to keep them in mind. So write down, it's as if like you're putting out like all that you have on your plate. Whatever it is, uh, clearly describe what you're going through. And when I say, like, not your understanding, like if you say, I'm depressed, that's a concept. That's all. No. Uh, I feel sad. I feel like my shoulders, my, my, it's heavy, um, hard for me to think. My eyes are closing. My shoulders are down. Uh, I have negative thoughts. Uh, and so on. This kind of um, description. So once you've done that, the second, number two point, 
recognize that all those things above that you wrote are parts of you. Whatever experience you experiencing, these are not like when people say, I hate my anger or I hate my, my, my sadness, I hate being miserable. All that, whether you feel miserable or, or uh, sad or, or you're going through grief, it's a, a part of you that is grieving. It's not your enemy. It's there to protect you, to inform you of something that happened in your life. Thank God you're alive and you're able to feel. Uh, and some, some feelings, even though they're not your enemies, they may, uh, those parts of you may have limited skills or skills that are outdated. Let's say uh, an angry response. Uh, you may have learned it uh, at a very young age and still now burst in anger, uh, but it's not age appropriate. So just identify whatever you're experiencing, say to yourself mentally, this is not my enemy. It's just telling me something. It's, it's a messenger. If you're afraid, for example, if you're panicking, it's a messenger that, that there is indeed something you're afraid of. If you are anxious, maybe this is not a real threat, but you are making up a story of doom and gloom. But it's a meaningful story. There is a reason you're making up this story. It tells you something about you, the way you view the world and so on. So for now, remember, we're going step by step. For now, just recognize uh, that these are experiencing experiences that you're going uh, and and they are useful. You don't maybe understand uh, why they are useful, what the value of them. But for now, you just recognize that whatever you feel is valuable. Point three, no matter how bad you feel, recognize that there is a part of you that is willing and interested in getting well. Because if you did not have that part, you would not be doing this assignment. Right? There is hope. Just like, you know, <laughs> somebody came to see me and I said, how can I be helpful? Uh, tell me. And the person said, oh, I'm suicidal. I want to die. I said, well, I don't work with people who want to die. I work with people who want to live. Uh, so then you're either in the wrong place or tell me what, what you want from me. And the person was getting kind of angry and saying, I'm telling you I'm suicidal. I say, yes, but there is a reason you're in my office. Are you coming here to share with me that you are suicidal? And he screamed at me and said, you know, I want to see how I can go through this. Blah, 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 blah. I said, oh, thank you. Now you're answering my question. So you are saying you want to find a way to live a better life, not to feel miserable as you have been. Uh, that's a different story. So, but there is a part of you that wants to get well. It may not know yet how to get well, but it definitely wants that. So connect with that part in any way you can. 
uh, and think of it being there for you. You can literally uh, talk to that part. You can close your eyes uh, if, if you happen to be a person uh, who is listening to me now, but you heard me uh, speak in the past and, and you learned mental imagery exercises, you can do this exercise. You close your eyes and think about the part, identify, scan your body and think or imagine <clears throat> that part that wants you to get well being somewhere inside of your body and ask it to come in any shape or form it can come and thank it and ask it to remind you when you're feeling down that it's with you it cares about you and it wants you to be well because you need a friend when you're alone and feeling down Excuse me, let me sip my ginger tea. <clears throat> okay. Now, number four. Write down the context, physical location, your mental, physical, and emotional state, your moral and or spiritual beliefs. That's all the context within which you're not feeling well started. Uh, that requires a little explanation. The context, anything you do, you need to recognize within which context you're doing it. In fact, when I, and I will make a little detour when people want to accomplish something, I usually tell them, the first thing you need to do is to know clearly what you want to do. And then you have to recognize the context within which you want to do it. For example, if I'm in, I want to make a nice meal, that's what I want to do. And I want to invite my friend, Gary Now, for dinner. Now, what happens if I don't think about the context? Who Gary Null is, what kind of food? I think, oh, I make beef stroganoff. I cook so well. I will invite Gary and make the... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Gary is vegetarian. He's not going to eat beef stroganoff, no matter how tasty it is. So the context is within what environment am I going to try to achieve what I want to achieve? So uh, if you're trying to, let's say, take, uh, you're, you're trying to get better and you feel sad and you say, I want to take medication, psychiatric medication, recognize within what context you are taking it, meaning first you have to identify you want to feel better. But do you want to feel better, period, no matter how? Or you want to feel better, but within the context of your spiritual beliefs? Which means if you have uh, spiritual beliefs that there is higher consciousness, then nothing happens by a chance. So that what you're going through is not by a chance. It's a consequence of something, the way you lived your life, possibly your 
attitudes. You don't try to numb yourself with medication, even though it may be painful. You look into the meaning of what is happening to you. So that's the context. Uh, it also, the context of your, your physical health. Within what context, how, how are you feeling physically? Because you may take some medication. For example, if you have a physical problem, medication that will destroy you and destroy your immune system. All that is the context within which you're trying to accomplish whatever it is. So you write it down. Now, this is point four. Point five. Write down all your strengths and positive qualities about you. Please don't go to the next point till you fulfill, till you answer the, fourth, the previous point. So write down all your strengths and positive qualities. If you have difficulties recalling your strengths, your usefulness, goodness, place in the community, or any other positive quality, Ask people who un, whose honesty you do not doubt to write about your good about good things that they know about you. You see, when, but you must not doubt their honesty. If you ask somebody who really loves you and, and they say, oh, you're a fantastic person, pop, 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 no, it's not useful. You want them to tell you real, really true things that you will recognize. Yes, that's me. Okay, so let's say they, they answered your question. Now point six, recognize which challenges of the ones you are facing you have experienced in the past. And after having experienced them, you recovered, you felt better. And what, and then also write down what did you do or what happened that made you feel better? You understand why this to be done? Because that shows you a template that shows you the way to get better with that particular issue, at least to try, right? Point number seven. Write down every single blessing in your life. Appreciate your physical health, if you're physically healthy. Mental stability, if you feel stable. Or the fact that you have children, or that you still have parents, or you have shelter, or food, or water. Every single thing. But write it down. After you wrote it down, imagine one by one, you, you close your eyes and really imagine one by one not having those things in your life. And after you imagine not having them, recognize that you do have them and choose to live in gratitude. Point number eight. Remember one, or preferably more than one, experience or state of being happy and fulfilled, or simply feeling good. 
connect with that feeling. Remember the posture in which you were, where you were standing, how you were standing, or you were sitting, but just really, really connect with that image when you were feeling good. It could be your party, uh, your birthday, uh, receiving an award, or just standing, you know, looking at the beach, at the, at, the, at the surf. Just get first an image and then assume that posture. Physically, while mentally imagining it, physically assume that posture because your subconscious mind stored the association between that image and that posture. And I am telling you, this I've done for forever because I have so much experience with hypnosis. And that's how you create conditioning. If you keep, let's say you, you are sad or, or uh, remorseful about something and you, you notice probably your shoulders are down, your neck you, is kind of, your head is hanging, um, uh, you, you are stooping, your breathing is shallow, and then you, you have this memory of that wonderful experience you had. That experience will not stay in your mind for long unless you change the posture. And posture to what? The posture in which you experienced that wonderful experience. And once you are in that posture, you cannot have negative thoughts. In order to have negative thoughts, you need to change again your posture to, to posture of misery. So choose not and practice of going in and out of this state of feeling good. Even if it's for a short time, exercise the muscle of will. Uh, it's eight, eight. Mm, I don't want to give you the rest because uh, each of the other ones, it's all together 15. They require some, some time. So I, I promise, <laughs> uh, so I will make a note that I gave you so far eight. Next week, as I said, I will pre-record next week's show and I will go from, uh, let me make a note right now. Um, and, and next week I will finish Telling about telling you about these techniques, I will finish all fifteen. So um, and then I will talk about some other subject. Probably I will talk about yet another aspect, another a trap, or another attitudinal challenge that we experience. Um, and and next one is in, in line is about lying. Remember. We already spoke about probably 20 or maybe 19 different attitudinal challenges or, or plagues, as I originally called them. And the reason we need to work on these uh, attitudinal challenges is because they take away our life. Every one of them, whether it's judgment, expectation, doubt, uh, anger, they all drain our energy. You know, in, in the fifth book of Moses that we are finishing now, Deuteronomy, 
here in chapters uh, 30, verse 19, I believe. It's written, here before you I have said good and evil, life and death. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Choose life. You're not told you must, you are offered to choose life. And choosing life is not only literally not shooting yourself in the head, but if if live following your intuition, you will not be constantly frustrated uh, and uh, tormented by doubt. If you choose not to um, not to make up stories about the future, you will reduce anxiety and so on. Uh, so that's why I, I very much, my hope is that, uh, my dear listeners, you, that you are really following all this uh, fifth pillar of well-being with the one uh, that I'm talking about, uh, uh, listing all the, the characteristics that need to be transformed, and then the quality of our life is much better. Anyway, I have to fin- wrap up today's show. Thank you very much for being with me today. Uh, thank you, Gina, you know, for your courage. You're always there. I know now that you're listening and it warms my heart. I would very much hope that more of you, ladies and gentlemen, call with your questions. I know there are people who are listening because, because one, they tell me at the show, uh, the studio, and two, I receive your emails. I do not know yet. I don't know the secret. This is the first time I have a radio show uh, or this podcast, whatever they call it. So I don't know the magic. I don't know how to make you call. Uh, I know that the uh, Latrice lead who talks right before me, her show is at one o'clock. Somehow her whole show is based on just people calling in and she constantly has people calling in. But people don't call much to my show, uh, which is kind of, I feel, not great. I don't know how. I, I think that it would be very useful if people called more. Anyway, but you cannot call next week because, as I said, it will be a pre-recorded show. But but then the following weeks, please, if you have any questions, um, feel free to call or send me an email. I gave you my email address. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your days. Choose to be happy uh, as I already said, happiness is a choice. It's what you put your energy into, what you bring your attention to. As my teacher of Tai Chi used to say, energy flows where attention goes. Be happy. Peace to all who want to live in peace.